0: Hey, and welcome to the third episode of the hardwood dynasty basketball podcast i'm joined here by ethan levine our commissioner and andrew twaller what's up <laughs> this is his first podcast with us and i'm your host huck breeze uh we are you know rolling into the into the the basketball season here we're starting. Uh, Things are starting to heat up. Uh, how are you guys doing today?
1: So first, what about you guys,
0: Ethan? How about you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm excited to have Andrew here. Some of you know him as Joe Mama. Some of you know him as guy <laughs> who Sent you a trade request last week.
1: You know, so. just you know, feel, just some feelers. You know, just trying to feel you up a <laughs> little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're giving Max the week off after his. Three and eight performance last week. Uh, he's, you know, not doing well. He's not feeling well. He doesn't want to talk about basketball right now. He he wants to be alone with his thoughts. Trash can. Yep. So we are going to give that to him. <laughs> but uh, let's jump right in. Uh, I, I want to talk about something that's near and dear to me, close to my heart. Uh, trades. Uh, we, trades. We opened up some trades this week. Uh yeah, there were a few trades. You know, I, I, I thought that there would be more people getting involved in the trade scene. Not that that's bad. You know, um, trading in our league is. We are in our second season here, and this is not something that's that has a that's a, has a definitive meaning. You you do not know what trades are good, what trades are bad, where you can trade, where you can't trade. It's a very difficult thing to judge. Um, I noticed that, you know, with every person that I want to trade with, the first thing comes to mind, well, that person's a keeper. Well, you know, I'm, I can't because next year's draft, you know, uh, we'll talk about this as we go along, but at what point do you say I'm playing for next year's draft or am I playing for this year to win this year's championship? Um, we'll talk about the two trades. I'll start here with the first one. Uh, Lonnie Walker for Alfred Payton. This is kind of a no brainer. I feel like I may have, uh, you know, taken uh, Victor. Tell me, what do you think of this, Ethan?
2: I mean, I I am not sure what Victor was thinking in terms of the present, but in terms of um, kind of projecting out for. These players, I I don't hate the trade. I mean, I think with Alfred Payton, um, you kind of know what you're going to get. You kind of are seeing the Knicks having success with other people in the backcourt. I um, am one of the UK um, alums in this group, so I'm Mm -hmm. following at least Emmanuel quickly uh, on the Knicks and have been excited to see how um well he started his rookie campaign so he's anyway, very
0: good very good so he far. is
2: very good and, and so that in, in that sort of looking past the numbers I, I can kind of understand where he's coming from i don't know if i'm in the minority on that or not
1: and not go ahead i i completely agree with you i'm not not huge on alfred payton one i'm not big on most nick players unless it's julius randall but uh I agree with you. Uh, I think Huck got, got the best of Victor here. Um, it is tough just because Victor, Victor's roster isn't very good, in my opinion. So any sort of trade he can make, in my opinion, should be for the future. And I think the uh, Lonnie Walker is definitely has more upside than, than Peyton, in my opinion. So while this year I think you got the best of him going forward, I think it's to be determined.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and the way I look at it is uh, we do have a cap on what we can keep. Now, I, I think that right now I don't have a roster um, that is uh, somebody that that can compete for a championship. You know, maybe I'm wrong It's a third week, you know, but I don't think that I have a roster that can compete for a championship. So I am kind of looking for how I can help myself and, you know, later on this year in the years to come. Um, but you can only keep five people. And you start to count yeah. these five people on your team, and you say, Well, this guy's pretty young, and I have him in the late rounds, but you know, am I really gonna keep him over XXXX next? How what has to happen for me to keep him over all these people? And Lonnie Walker, as good as he is, is just not somebody that I thought in in, in those terms. So um, you know, I, I know Alfred Payton doesn't shoot the three. Um, but he does fill up the stat sheet in lots of other different ways. Um, is he a great – is he a good basketball player? Um, I, I don't think so. I, he's not that great, um, but he is a ball handler, and he's a he, he's one of the primary ball handlers for their, them in the Knicks. So, um, so I made the trade. I, I thought that he would be more valuable to me this year, and I knew I wasn't going to have Lonnie Walker next year. So, you know, that's – that's just how it went. But uh, let's, let's keep it rolling here. We did have another trade, a, a bigger trade. And I said last week on the podcast that I really wanted to get rid of Trey Young. I think Trey Young, um, at least in our league and at least in the situation that I'm in, um, is just not very valuable. Um, he's a first-round pick. He turns the ball over like nobody's business. A turnover machine, uh, turnover machine, and he's been playing like garbage. Uh, and as far as the three-point percentage and uh, and shot percentage and field goal percentage early on in the year, not to say that you know he's not somebody that's going to improve upon that because you know he will. He's a great player. Uh, but what I wanted to do is kind of what I've seen early on is, uh, at least on my roster, is that there are a ton of troppable people on a week to week. I have a rotating three or four people that uh, I I can drop that nobody would want on any of their teams, uh, which, which creates problems. So uh, what I wanted to kind of spread out my roster so that I could have some people that, you know, are decent. And I think I did that with Jonte Murney and Jeremy Grant. I'll keep both those guys next year um, by giving up Patrick Williams, who I believe was in the draft. And Trey Young, so uh, Andrew, what do you think of this trade?
1: Yeah, so I think upon you know your first glance at it considering where Matt Stafford you know my quarterback uh, where his team is and kind of standings wise and roto wise you know why would why would he, someone like on his team who you would presume would be big time like hey, selling asset, you know, trying to to buy keepers, you know, not trying to buy and win now, which in most people would think, oh, if he's trading for another first round guy, that's what he's doing. You know, he's going for it this year. Um, But in my opinion, if you step back, I, I, while I do agree with you, Trey Young? From a first-round keeper perspective, it's probably towards the bottom of value uh, of everyone else's first-round draft picks. Um, I'd say him and Drummond are probably towards the bottom in um, that. Sorry, Ethan. You know, quick jab at you there. No,
2: I, I would. <laughs> I would say Drummond is by far the least valuable first-round keeper.
1: Yeah. As However, with with uh, Matt's team, I could see him. I think you maybe dealt Trey Young a little too early. Um, I think that's with a lot of the trading right now and, you know, looking at those top teams and they're kind of holding put. I think potentially if if Matt decides to, I'm going to hold on to Trey Young, you know, hopefully and, and you know, pray that he heats up, gets a lot better, which I think he's capable of doing. And then potentially flipping him later on towards the trade deadline to one of those, you know, top four or five teams and and getting maybe a solid, you know, huge keeper later on in the draft from that or maybe you know trade trey young in another piece for a super solid keeper i think that could be huge for his team um, however just looking at it straight up front it is it does look a little weird um, because it is such a win now trade but if he makes that extra move later on and trey young gets hot i could see it really benefiting him going forward
2: yeah i i don't even really think of it as just a a win now move because of exactly what you were saying in terms of the, the potential resale value on Trey Young. I mean, there's a very new core. Um, Trey Young is not new to the league, but he's certainly new to being the best player on a team that expects to make the playoffs. And that mm-hmm. there's a big difference between being new to the playoffs and being new to being the best player on a team that's supposed to go to the playoffs. And that's him. And um, so I do think that he's somebody that can uh, – that can grow into being more valuable than Jeremy Grant and DeJounte Murray, who I do think to Huck's point, he was maybe going to keep Trey Young. He's not the best first round keeper. This solidifies a lot more depth to his roster mm-hmm. week to week. Um, you know, not every, not everybody you keep necessarily. Um, it's not just about the five people you keep. Um, I, it, these people that kind of get added dropped, you um, based on, you know, when their team has games and trying to get games in, we, we call them streamers in our baseball league. And it's, to me, it's about how many guys can you have above streaming? So in that sense, I love Huck's return in Stafford sense. He got the best player available. He's jumpstarting, you know, it's just, it's definitely a statement about how serious, hopefully we can expect him to be taking it. Um, going forward because he's, I mean, he's still not even in last place. Like everybody is still very much in it, but um, even as he's making no moves in prior weeks, he's still very much in it. So I think um, this gives a shot of, of life to his team as well.
0: I, I think that a lot of having people above streaming, like you said, um, is, is super important. Cause what happens, what ends up happening when you have, and you know, it took a lot for me to get to that spot. Um, you know, not a good draft. You know, I, I had uh, you know, some people at the end of the draft that were easily dropable early on in the season. Um, but also Jaw gets hurt, you know, uh Jaron Jackson's not playing, uh Bogdanovich is hurt, you know, a, a lot of things happen and you just start streaming people, you don't ca- have any of these people that are really catching on. Uh what happens is you you have these terrible players that you pick up on a Monday or Tuesday uh, to try and fill in on these games, the these short, short days where you just don't have a lot of people playing, just try to get some s- cheap stats. By the time Sunday rolls around, um, you got nothing. <laughs> you either have to stick with these terrible, uh, yeah. secondary players, um, or it could be, or you ran out of moves, you know, there, there's all of yeah. the things that happen. So it's, it's something where I, I kind of want to take the stress off of myself when it comes to just managing, um, I don't want to have to, just, you know, constantly have to win by purely managing by purely picking up people who are hot for one day. Five. And times you did a that week.
2: with the Keldon Johnson trade. I mean, Keldon Johnson's not capable, but he's playing like, I mean, definitely a top fifty. Yeah. Categories fantasy yeah. player, and uh, and you went and got him when he. Um, when I don't know that a lot of other people in the league would have gone after an unkeepable player. But he's a perfect example of an above-streaming player and and how important those kinds of guys are.
0: Well, it's funny because you talk about unkeepable people. Like, everybody's afraid to, you know, jump on somebody who's not keepable. The thing is, uh, you're only able to keep five people. So... Not a lot. That's not very many. Uh, So there's a lot of people who are you're gonna be talking about at the end of the year who you know are gonna go back in the draft and you've you've pretty much lost. So talking about your keepers, your core keepers, those people, um is a little bit different than talking about, you know, some of those middling guys. You know, you can kind of tell in most situations whether somebody's gonna keep somebody or not. You know, that that guy's a keeper in the 10th round. Wonderful. Are you going to keep him? Because if not, it doesn't matter to me or anybody else um so that's why yeah you know we're trying to win we're trying to win championships that's the whole point is <laughs> to win championships
1: well and that's where I think it could hurt Matt potentially even though I say like hey in the future you know pending a future move he could benefit big from this potentially other teams knowing that's like look dude you either trade him for this or you have to lose your one of your first round guys since I'm assuming or you lose him for nothing because there's no way he doesn't keep Anthony Davis um that could also hurt him you know, pending the future deal if there is one again don't know his thought process is anybody he approaches the trade talk with is instantly going to say you know well you take in this or i'll just pass because you can't keep him you're not going you're not going to keep him for lack of a better term
0: you know and it's possible early on um we've seen the lack of this guy's moves uh we've seen you know there might be some he might be naive to the process and he might have said, hey, I really like Trey Young. And hey, I like the two players he's giving me uh, better than the ones that I have. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, and jump on this trade where, you know, it comes summertime and he's like, oh, shit, what did I do? I mean, that's possible. And that's yeah. when he accepted the trade, I, th- I thought, you know, that might have been the case. But, you know, it's just something that we'll... We'll have to see. Either way, um, I think both of our teams got better and we got what we wanted in that trade. So,
1: um, Yeah, and the yeah. flexibility and of he- even potentially trading. Not that I think, I mean, I probably wouldn't, but if he's like, you know what, I want to flip it around in, in, as quick as possible because I don't think his roster in the end is is going to win has a chance of winning potentially sneak into the playoffs if he if you know he makes some more ad drops but i mean could you imagine you know closer to the trade deadline and you have like those top four or five teams competing and he puts anthony davis on the market how he could get teams you know two or three latest top latest keepers and really turn potentially turn his roster around so a lot of potential flexibility going forward if he chooses to you know to go that route
0: yeah, yeah, no. I mean, that's that is it, it is crazy. It's it, but it, it, it's just a little bit tough to think about because if you're one of those top four teams, the reason that you got to the point that you are, where the point that that you are, where you're going to be, um, is because you have such good players. And we've talked about who's going to trade one of their top players that have gotten them that far for Trey Young. You know, you're going to have to uh, accept a lesser product um, when it gets to that point in the season. You know, I looked at, for instance, Luca my balls. You know, we've all talked about how great his team is and how wonderful, you know, his draft was and whatever. When it gets to a certain point, uh, you know, I, I looked it over. I couldn't get Trey Young for anything. I mean, what am I going to trade him for? Is he going to trade uh, Siakam? Is he going to trade? He's not going to trade Luca. Is he going to trade Ingram? Oh, he's you know? not going
2: to trade Luca.
0: But right. like, no. for
2: instance, he has Clay Thompson in the eleventh. He has Ingram in the ninth. He has Sabonis in the sixth. He is the best keeper. So he, in my opinion, is an anomaly that's just.
0: Would you by trade far the best? Would you trade any draft. of those people for Trey Young? five keepers
2: if he has a real if he and brennan who are the two best rosters right now in my opinion are neck and neck at the end of the year and he has a chance to trade clay thompson in the 11th round who is not going to play this year for trey young then yeah i think he would do that
1: i think Uh, it's pending trey young you know getting a doing a little bit better than he's doing right now because he's not having the best start to the year but if he if he, he like got hot and you know there's no telling it it's kind of a guessing game and a you know are those top teams going to deal for someone because technically speaking they could just hold you know hold pat and then it kind of for lack of a better term kind of screws Matt there because he doesn't really have anyone to deal a Trey Young or potentially you know an Anthony Davis to if if one do, if one decides to you know hey I'm going for it. I'm going for the win right now Mm -hmm. that kind of potentially forces the other's hand and that's when i think you see if that happens a lot of trades happening yeah yeah
2: well and i think also there's just the potential that if he falls out of the race um and people kind of have him by the short one when it comes to to trey young i think you can he can still just be like all right look like i can't fucking keep him like, I'll just say from my team, because that I know that's where I know everyone's keep around. But like, hey, dude, like you can keep Brandon Clark in the seventh round, which he's not great, but he's definitely better than seventh round. And now that's better than your prior fifth keeper. OK, that's not an equal value trade. But for Stafford, he's getting rid of an unkeepable player for mm-hmm. a better fifth keeper.
1: And then so, he can just. Then he can just. If he really wants to, he will probably have the first pick in the draft next year, and just tr- take Trey Young again if he. If that's what he chooses to do, or you know, vice versa.
2: Other,
1: yeah. If he trades. Yeah. If he trades Anthony Davis and gets a, Clay Thompson, or makes you know decides to do that, I think if that happened, I mean, obviously it would make the rich. You would you know the rich would keep getting richer, but obviously at that point. Matt would probably decide not to keep Trey Young and just have that flexibility of I will more than likely have the first overall pick and I can take Trey Young, you know, or you know whoever he trades Anthony Davis to if if Anthony Davis isn't kept, then he just takes him again.
0: Yeah, it, I mean the way the way I look at this, um, you know, and not to try to dive too deep into draft strategy and whatever uh the way these people are winning is by not having the high picks having really good mid draft picks i mean really good like picks that people would have picked in the second and third in the eighth and ninth and tenth that's how they are getting to the point that they are at so if you have somebody that's in the first round who is amazing that you just can't imagine ever getting rid of you know you can hold on to but in certain terms, you're going to have to have some top picks open or you're not going to be able to compete as much. Um, maybe not this next year, maybe not this last year, um, but in the coming years, uh, they're going to be another LeBron. There's going to be another uh, Kevin Durant. There's going to be another, you know, we don't know who they are yet, but they're. People are going to want them, and whoever has the highest pick in the draft is going to get them and is going to keep them for the rest of their career or as long as they're good. So, like I said, we're not seeing it now. We're seeing a pretty frozen first round and a pretty frozen second round to a certain extent. Um, But it takes a lot of strategy to say, hey, listen, I don't want this guy. I do want this guy. And for me, it just opens up a lot of flexibility if I can just lose Trey Young. there's probably not a first rounder that I would trade up for in the league right now. There's a ton of good first rounders out there. Um, But, you know, I'd probably have to give up a boatload of players to go get a Luca or an Anthony Davis or, you know, somebody like that.
1: Luca, you're not getting Luca. I already, I already asked.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. So I, it's, it's about flexibility and about looking to the future and about, you know, trying to be one of those best teams the, in the league because right now, um, you know, the teams that are great are have, have some open top slots. All right. So let's stop talking about, you know, just trades in our league. There's also trades going on around the league or uh, trade. Um, yeah, some real life trades here. Uh, so as you've all seen, I, you know, I was very confused by this whole thing. You know,
1: it's still confusing.
0: It's still confusing, but <laughs> rockets get uh, Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh Rodions, Koroks. Is that how you say it, Ethan?
2: I don't know how you say it. They got <laughs> that's
1: the one. They got know, that man, guy. You
2: know that guy, I'm talking and they got um, every first round pick for the rest of the decade.
0: Yes. So three first rounders, one Milwaukee first rounder um and four brooklyn first round swaps so which just real quick that to me is the thing that gets
2: swept under like they got four first rounders three from brooklyn and then the one from milwaukee that cleveland passed along but then Mm -hmm. in another four first rounds if brooklyn picks ahead of houston they just swap that and so
1: it's just swap it
2: so it's yeah. like if Brooklyn bottoms out like they did after the KG and Paul Pierce trade, you know, eight to ten years ago now, uh, or maybe not that one. You guys know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, then <laughs> they would not reap the rewards of any of that anyway. They would swap that any – that those are not lottery protected is my understanding. So it's – that's it could be like five lottery picks in the end, which is insane.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great trade for the Rockets. It's a, I'm sure they they pulled the trigger on it, you know, immediately for a reason. But anyway, let's let's keep going here. Nets get uh, all of James Harden, uh, which in his first game he came out and pulled a triple double. So you know it would have been a lot of different tone on this podcast if we could have uh, said that James Harden was past his prime. But uh, I think they're two and zero with him, and he's just played absolutely amazing thus far. Um, Pacers get Karif, Karis LeVert in a second rounder. It's sad. Karis LeVert has a growth on his kidney um, and is not looking to, to play any uh, anytime soon. He's out indefinitely. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and Taurine Prince. Rank these people 1-4 to four real quick on who won and who lost. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: So I think the it's tough to kind of to rank Levert just because he's out indefinitely and who knows, you know, when he will come back. I think I think automatically with how the situation had just soured so quickly with James Harden and the Rockets, I think the Rockets are probably the my and the number one winner in my book just to get those many picks and and i'm a big oladipo fan mm-hmm. uh so to get oladipo who is who is definitely a, a star player in my opinion and then also the potential as Ethan said to get you know multiple lottery picks if, if that happens to me that's just hard to overcome as great as james harden is um in my opinion the, the rockets would probably go one um I'll go the, the Nets, too, um, just because, you know, they have the, the big three now, which I would say they're probably the, the in my opinion, the the odds on favorite to, to win the, the trophy this year. And then I would say close behind that, I, I like the, the Levert pick and getting the second rounder. But, again, it's hard to rank it um, just because who knows if if or when he will play again. Um, and then the Cavs, to be honest, the Cavs and Pacers are really close to me because I'm a big Jared Allen Jared Allen guy. Um, he's super young. I think he's a a walking double double easily. You know, it just dep- obviously depending on what happens with Drummond. Uh, but that's kind of the order that I would go.
0: All right, Ethan, opinion. I so,
2: it's like Andrew said. It's tough to rank these things. I mean, I think the Nets come out number one because at the end of the day, as Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. All of these teams in all of these billions of dollars of industry that keep this league going through a pandemic is for somebody to, there's for people to a team to win a championship. Brooklyn made a move that put them on an exclusive tier alongside the reigning champions and the reigning greatest player of this generation to compete for that championship. Um, you know, it's obviously going to be a compelling soap opera all year. And you might argue they could have won the Eastern conference conference Without James Harden, though, losing Dinwiddie hurt. But uh, now, you know, if they have all the pieces to do it, if they can come together, they are absolutely a championship team in a way that, like Miami needs help to get Mm -hmm. back to the finals. They can do it, but if everyone's having their best day, Brooklyn's best is better than Miami, better than Milwaukee, probably better than Boston now. So they are one to me. Houston, number two, I won't belabor that any more than I already did earlier. Um, and then, um, you know, Cleveland and Indy, um, it really, I guess it depends on what you think of Jared Allen and what you think of LaVert, like Andrew said, from a fantasy perspective, I think, um, I think it, I have Drummond. So I'm now like watching for what Cleveland is going to do with Drummond because they're taking on Jared Allen and presumably would want to try and extend him. Um, And so I just think that is that's another variable that that will will weigh how Cleveland comes out of this whole trade. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And Indy, obviously, prayers for Levert sincerely, like hope that he recovers, comes back. He's a fucking awesome player. And if he does that, then Indy could be presumably better off than Cleveland. We'll just have to see.
0: So I'm going to say the Rockets. Actually, we number one. Listen, the Rockets um could never win in the West. And you get one of those teams that just can True. get you to the Western Conference Finals and just not finish over and over and over. I mean, you see it all the time. You saw it with the Bills in the 90s, and you've seen it with some other teams. I think the Chargers in you know, from 2000, 2010 had, had a run like that. But you, we're talking about a team that just didn't have enough to get over that peak. And I think... Houston knew that even as much you love uh, James Harden and as much you love his production and how he was always in the MVP conversation and you know he was putting up 50 points you know a couple of years ago every single night uh, when you talk about that they were not going to win a championship with the team they had now they just weren't uh, you know I pretty much knew when they signed Westbrook last year that they didn't have enough to get to the championship. Um, what did they, what they need is a brand new fresh start with some young blood and, uh, you know, not a whole new rebirth where you have to, you know, sell off everything you got. Obviously they still have John wall and they still have wood. Uh, they added old depot and they got a buttload of picks. Um, they've set up their team really nice. I mean, Christian wood looks like a superstar right now to me. Um, and so, when you set up your future like that, I think they got the best of the deal. It's something they had to do after James Harden went to the microphone after the game and said, "We can't fix this." You know, everybody just kind of knew. Okay, now James Harden doesn't want to be a Rocket. Rockets don't want to be with James Harden. Let's move on. And they got a huge package for it. Insane that they got were able to get that much. Yes, it's insane that. that they after they said that. It's like nobody played hardball. Somebody, the Nets just said. We'll give you everything you want uh, if you send James Harden our way. I mean, I guess there was the 76ers out there who had Ben Simmons on the table and some other things. Uh, But the Rockets got a whole truckload of things uh, in that trade. Now, second in this deal, you're not going to agree with this, but this is, uh, you know, under the idea that Karis LeVert does play basketball again, the Pacers.
2: I like the the spicy meatball.
0: I I like what the patient. I I think Karis LeVert is a superstar. I talked about this earlier on in in an earlier podcast. I think Karis LeVert could be a number one or number two player on a lot of teams. I I think that he's a sixth man of the year. But once upon a time, uh, James Harden was sixth man of the year, you know. So I I really honestly think watching Karis LeVert play, he can be a leader of a team. Now he's obviously gone through. Um, multiple health issues and, you know, we're praying for him and we hope that he get does get better. And if he doesn't ever play again, obviously, uh, you know, the, the uh, Pacers lost out. But if he comes back and if they have Sabonis, and if they have Brogdon and if they have Karis LeVert and and, and all the players that's surround him and Miles Turner, that's a great team in the East. It's a great team in the East. No, so, but here's the thing, though, is yeah. it's, that's, that's a good team in the East.
2: That sounds just like the Hawks a few years ago when Budenholzer was in Atlanta and they were like this darling story. They had five All-Stars in, but that included, like, fucking Kyle Korver and Damari Carroll and stuff. There was the Indiana team that was, like, young Paul George, Lance Stevenson, Roy Hibbert, like, all these really nice pieces. But you know what they didn't have? Kevin Durant or James Harden. Or LeBron or Steph Curry or generational player. Brooklyn loads up on those. Now they did that before, but these guys are are so much more in their prime than those post Celtics, Pierce and Garnett. That like you're basically saying, Huck, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but what I'm hearing is you think if LeVert comes back. He's healthy. And he's back to his normal self. That he's an all NBA player doesn't have to be how, first team, but how he's much, a top fifteen player
0: in the league.
1: And this yep. is an honest question: How much better is Lavert than Oladipo?
0: I think is he's it, a lot better. I, like I personally think he's a lot way, better.
1: Like not even close. Uh,
2: I, well, I Oladipo's think group, is, a very good defender. Is the is is what I think is.
1: And I know Oladipo, Oladipo was hurt last year and so he didn't have a full season. And obviously it's yeah. probably yeah. out for the majority of this season, who knows how long, but in my opinion, I, I mean, again, I, out of us three, I probably know the least about basketball, least about basketball, but I think Victor Oladipo isn't that far off from Levert.
0: So, and no, you, 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 you may be right. And, and maybe Ethan can fill us in. I, I, don't really know maybe we can get circle back to this but is victor oladipo's contract was this a contract situation trade uh where um oladipo's contracts to expire so they wanted something you know a little bit more long term
2: i am pulling up his spo track right <laughs> Spotrac now Spotrac is the best yeah. drug so he yeah. is in in contract year i knew he was having not like a dispute but i knew there was like some uncertainty with his relationship with the Pacers in this past off season. That was sort of obviously a nebulous off season. And then the draft and everything happened very quickly and it was Mm -hmm. tough for teams to react. Um, So that might've just been the complicating variable more than like egos or anything, but, um, but no, I mean that Houston might just want to free up that cap. Like they might not even have interest. I mean, he's making $21 million this year. And he's probably worth that. But in the same accord there, Houston's not going to compete in the Western Conference. John Wall is playing awesome. He's still on a super max deal. So he's making north of $40 million a year for four more years. That's an untradable contract. So you can either load up with maxes around him and not win the West or free up that cap space and take um, take all those picks and try and rebuild to Huck's point. Um, so I don't know that they'll even keep Oladipo.
1: See, I would think that they would want to re-sign Oladipo and then use those picks to build up. You know, they obviously have the the those three guys. If they re-sign Oladipo and then use those picks, which of course, you know, maybe if they're lottery picks, that's a large amount of money. But the later in the draft they pick, that's not a huge, you know, cap hit. So that that's what I was on, operating know, under. But in, the, in my the thought league, process,
2: in the league, the players have all the leverage, which obviously we all know, but. It's it's so unique in that uh, you know if there's opt outs it would be somebody like Old Depot having the power to opt out so well, Oladipo is going to sign somewhere that's going to lock him in at north of twenty million dollars a year guaranteed for I mean multiple years Jeremy Grant just got three years sixty million dollars you know what I mean so he's going to get more than that and so again is a core of he and Wall going to to nurture draft picks and win the West that immediately? Not necessarily.
1: But Pending you, the draft picks. That's what it all depends on is how they're also.
2: Yes. And you're not going to tank with Depot. It's very difficult to give Depot a max contract next to John Wall. And again, they're not going to win a championship, but it's tough to play them on a nightly basis healthy and then expect to also lose 60 games when yeah. teams like the Knicks exist. Though The Knicks are frisky right now, yeah. but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, with all the defense, they're not not getting a lottery pick, more than likely.
2: And Brooklyn might give them lottery picks later, but in the near term, they still have Durant in his prime Hardening, Whether or not they win a championship, they're not giving them lottery picks until like the back half of the decade, some of those 25 to 27 picks.
0: True. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling here. So let's talk about these trades in a fantasy perspective. Which... Uh, person here benefits the most, you think? Which person involves this trade? Go ahead, Ethan.
2: I personally think, um, you know, Harden is the um, easy answer, but I think um, it will ultimately be um, Victor Oladipo just because they've kind of got him just for this year. They can obviously extend him if he's playing awesome they are not necessarily invested in you just know that they got him to use him heavy right now so in trying to not just just cop out and say James Harden um, I'm very interested in Old Depot and how what his usage is like especially playing next to somebody like a seemingly very healthy John Wall
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here, and this is not a cop-out. This is actually what I think. I think Oladipo comes into a team that's desperate for people who need to score points. Uh, John Wall really hasn't played over the last, you know, two or three years. He basically missed two years, yeah. He basically missed two years, and and he comes into the Rockets, and he's missed a handful of games this year. Uh, John Wall can't stay healthy. And so what you have right now as people who can constantly score points night after night is, uh, you know, Christian Wood and maybe Eric Gordon and, you know, and if John Wall can play, it's obviously John Wall, but Oladipo takes on a huge role, uh, with this Rockets team while James Harden, uh, you know, I know we saw him explode in that first game, but I, I don't. I don't really know if it's that much better of a fancy value on the Nets um, with him taking less shots and taking less of a role, taking kind of well, a back door. I mean, his triple-double that he had, you got to imagine, it was not with Kyrie. So, you know, we're going to have to see sure. it over season span. Uh, but, yeah, what, what do you think here, Andrew?
1: I uh, agree Oladipo is for sure the, the big winner fantasy-wise. I would like to throw a caveat in that if and when Drummond is traded, if he's traded, when he's traded. I think Jared Allen sees a huge boost also, and I would be all in to try to get him on my team. Um, That's obviously, you know, in the future, another domino has to fall. And I actually think from the least value perspective, I think it's Harden. I'm very interested to see how he and Kyrie work in the same backcourt when they play together, you know, who is, you know, who's handling the ball, who brings up, you know, how that works. And it really just it's, you know, James Harden from a you know fantasy basketball perspective is a 10 out of 10 player, you know, a, a top 10 fantasy basketball player. But when he's on a team with obviously great surrounding pieces, I, I don't see how that can help that I think that the ball has to, you know, be spread out more. Um, he won't always be so ball dominant, even though he necess- always he wasn't always in Houston, but he was most of the time. I honestly think that that out of the trade here, out of the main players, James Harden's fantasy value actually is is the gets worse.
2: So I okay. think it's getting understated. I mean, James Harden's won an assist title for a season in his career, like pretty recently. So yeah. the idea that Kevin Durant is not going to help his assists and not going to get him better shots to where efficiency wise, he's giving up more shots than he is points. Um, and he's already so efficient because he scores so many fucking points at the free throw line for better or worse. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I agree to the logical, to the logic of he's a 10 out of 10. It's, he loses the autonomy of being able to do whatever the fuck he wants in Houston. Yeah. And, but I don't, So I I also don't think it was the best. I just don't think it's the worst. I mean, Jared Allen is the easy worst until for sure until the trade. I I will be interested if Levert comes back healthy. It's I'm I'm still stuck on that uh, on how high Huck is on Karis Levert. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great player, but I just think Indiana is still built like a team that will losing a tough fight in the first round of the Eastern conference playoffs as like a four or five seed and LaVert over Oladipo, he might be a better player, but it doesn't that not to the extent that it changes their fate. So I'm like, yeah, okay.
0: I mean, prior to this might've been his rookie season, but prior to the Kyrie Irving Durant times, when the Nets were one of the worst teams in the league, Karis LaVert was like the only player on the Nets. Uh, He can be a leader of uh in points uh night after night and i think that uh you know when you have somebody like malcolm brogdon and uh, sabonis up front uh miles turner in there playing defense uh this is a team that could be up there with the celtics be up there you know with the heat be up there with the raptors well not the raptors maybe not this season but uh in in the east and, and really really compete uh, for for some for a, a you know Eastern Conference Championship, but uh, let's keep this rolling. Let's have a little funzy here with trades, um, bold predictions. We have Harden traded. Who's the next player uh, to get pissed off to be you know uh, disgruntled? And want to leave their team, or just get traded, just because uh, you know uh, a team's looking to rebuild. Uh, Andrew, you got anybody in mind?
1: I mean, I, I 100% think think it's Drummond. Um, I would say someone from the Wizards, but with how many games they've had postponed, and who knows if they'll ever play again? Um, it, it's in my opinion, it's got to be Drummond. The Cavaliers, you know, with that trade traded for their future center. Um, so I think they'll try to get whatever they can, you know, you know, back in assets, whether it be another young piece or, you know, draft assets, you know, by trading Drummond. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, Ethan, what do you think? So I, I want it to be,
2: Beal just to get closure on this situation. Um, <laughs> sell high on him, wait out Russ Westbrook's contract. Um, I, I am curious Huck for shifting from my homer dump to, your homerdom. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge on an expiring deal, is he movable to a team that, I mean, he wouldn't, I don't think he'd be a starring role on a playoff team anymore, but had, did, like, do this, does the Spurs media give any consideration to Aldridge being like an asset as an expiring $25 million, or are they just like, yeah, he's a good player on this middling team, I guess?
0: Well, there's two thoughts I have on this. First, uh, have you seen Aldridge play this year? No, I know he's much better than last year. No, last no. year
2: left a sour taste in my mouth.
0: That's not where I, where. I, no, I haven't. That's the opposite of where I was going. He's he, he. I mean, he's not bad. He still has that flat-footed, uh, you know, two shot from you know twenty feet away that he can that he can sink. Um, and he's still decent on the boards, but he is extremely slow. And extremely hobbled, <laughs> oh, and extremely old, and he just does not look like, uh, you know, somebody that we could get a king's ransom for. Uh, you know, he's just not the product, uh, that that you know, you think of when you think of the Marcus Alders, and that happened pretty quick. Happened over a span of probably two years. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the Spurs are a playoff team. Whether you want to think it or not, I'm telling you, the Spurs are good enough to be a playoff team. Um, you know, from top to bottom, they're obviously not as talented as the days of, you know, Ginobili and Parker and Duncan and, and Well, they're not a championship team. They're not a championship team. But they're they're an easy 6, 7, 8 seed. They're an easy 6, 7, 8 seed. Uh with just pop. I mean, with Popovich. I mean, you you're always in competition for a six, seven, eight seed when you have Greg Popovich and some talent. And, you know, with the emergence of Kelvin Johnson and DeJounte Murray's playing really well. Uh yeah. and and uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan, even though he's having kind of a down year, I, I really honestly think that they could be a playoff team and they probably won't be selling uh when it comes to this time. It would take a um a real uh you know streak of losses for us to to really give up on on this year so so hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully we can we can put that one to bed but um if i had to guess on somebody that was going to be moved uh something that we saw in the news uh the past week or so is marvin bagley obviously his dad went on twitter Mm -hmm. and uh came out and said that he needed to be traded uh the kings are not very good i i know you know they' there uh, they haven't really been good in a, in a while now um, <laughs> but uh, but I think he's kind of disgruntled I think I don't like I think he doesn't like the way he's being used and I think that there are teams out there that would give a good amount for somebody that young and somebody that you know is Pretty talented in uh, in Marvin Bagley, so I think he is somebody to be moved. Any any thoughts on that, Andrew? Uh, or well,
1: you know? let me tell you, so that the Kings are not good, but Marvin Bagley's not that <laughs> Marvin Bagley's not that good either. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I get no one wants to play for a, a shitty team, but Marvin. But it's not like Marvin Bagley's just lighting the world on fire. He's he's very inconsistent. You would think a guy you know that's athletic as he is, he he'd be getting you know close to ten rebounds a game you know, pretty easily, especially with the talent on the Kings roster. He's, he's under eight rebounds a game and, and there's times where he just disappears and, and it could be from just, he doesn't, you know, he's not on a very talented team, but in my opinion, if you're going to start complaining that I don't want to play for a bad team, you also can't be bad.
0: That's true. That's, that's right. a good point. It's
2: interesting. Like I love watching like, um, throwing a bet on a like a west coast nba game like something to have interest in like as i'm getting ready for bed so i'm i am fascinated by the kings because they're always just on in that window and they play they're fucking all over the place like they are the streakiest team within a game they say the nba is a game of runs and the kings take that very much to heart but um like when you watch them play bagley if if aliens came down and and you didn't explain basketball to them you just asked them to watch they bagley is not one of the is not one, one of the people at all that stands out you know what i mean they would identify mm-hmm. right away oh who who's that number five darren fox like that dude seems to do shit better than everyone else right like uh like Bagley, I don't even think plays better than Rashawn Holmes. A lot of the
1: I time. would like to say I was very negative on Bagley. I own Bagley; he's great. If you want him, you know, text me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is on my team. He's great. He, you know, he good locker room guy.
0: Hey, it might be contingent good on the room, might be contingent on him going to another team. I mean, we'd have to we'd have to see. Um, so. Again, we'll finish up this trade talk. Uh, you know, this is the theme of uh, this week's <laughs> podcast. Um, so we're gonna sh- shift from uh, reactionary to the philosophy philosophical. <laughs> all- philosophical. I'm sorry. I you know I'm trying to spit out. Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. We're,
0: we're all gonna be uh, the Aristotle of the Harwood dynasty right now. Um, in Ethan's opinion he thinks that people don't have set strategies and in, in a way. I, I think uh, he might be right that, you know, this is a new league and uh, everybody's still trying to figure out what they're doing. You know, I don't know the level of NBA knowledge from top to bottom uh, in this league. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be seen as, as time goes on. Um, but, uh, but I want to create a dialogue to, you know, maybe help these trades along yeah I've made I think I think there's been what four trades this year and I've made three of them uh, you know partly because my team sucks and I want to revitalize them in, in any way I can uh, but uh, I know the the uh, the advantages of trading and I know you know what that can do for a team and 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 how that can help you so um, let's talk about our, our first topic under under this uh under under a a subtopic that we have here is it worth to take on a second player in the same round no you can keep both so what we talked about this earlier is it no is it would would y'all do that ethan would you do that would you take on another first rounder if you were in like fifth or sixth place
2: so i mean and obviously it, it you have to get down to the specific players and it's case by case, but again, speaking philosophically, and it's not that I don't think people have strategies. What I really meant, I got texts from numerous owners in the league. So if you texted me, don't feel bad. Plenty of people did basically like trying to clarify the keeper rules or the trade rules um, or asking like, Hey, so if I have two guys in the same round, I can't keep them both. And that's fine. I'm glad people are making sure they know, but basically Andrew was trying to trade with everybody and people were like sort of, you know, gathering themselves in new, I, it sort of dawned on like, man, there hasn't been a lot of trading. And I don't know if people have trade strategies. So this is like, yeah, it's like a philosophical, what, what could be some potential trade strategy. So in that scenario, I would take, you know, I'm fine to take on two players in the same round, um, for the sake of winning, um, ideally, the player I'm bringing in who is a keeper conflict would be an upgrade. So like, for instance, if I got, if I gave up Jalen Brown and got somebody else's first round pick in return, at least I'm upgrading my first rounder from Andre Drummond to literally any of the other fucking first rounders. Um, But I don't mind having that keeper conflict. I know it's funny that Max isn't on this episode because he's, he loves to trade in his big, Uh, mantra is like, I just want to make my team better. So in his mind, he's not worried about keeper conflict. If he's deficient in baseball, if he's deficient in um, home runs and he can give up in excess of something to get home runs, then that's what matters to him with the exceptions of like Jose Altuve. So I, that's sort of my guiding principle in all of these different sports is I'm just trying to get my team better and get it to peak at the, end of our
0: fantasy season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I would take on people from any round, you know, the whole point, uh, you know, I know people are always saying, you know, I want to play for next year. I want to keep my assets for next year. I want to keep them for next year. At one point, you're going to have to uh, play for this year. You know, at some point you're gonna have to play for this year. You know, there are people who are in fourth, fifth, sixth place um right now who are saying I want to play for next year. Well, okay, so I guess everybody's playing for ne- next year except for first place or second place. You know, um, I'm a big fan of you know, let's win this year, we can worry about next year, next year. In every fantasy sport I play, that's kind of my my mantra is you know, let's win now. Uh, and when, the when the time comes to worry about the next year, I, I will worry about next year. Um, but yeah, we can keep it rolling on the next topic. So is it worth it to cash in on a late round keeper for a large haul? Would you, uh, trade some of your early round good guys, uh, for a, late round keeper, say, uh, you know, somebody I talked to, talked about um, earlier this, this, uh, this week was Victor's uh, Sexton. You know, would you give up one of your top four uh, keepers for Sexton?
1: Andrew, I, 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 I would say it, 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 it's a tough question to say yes or no. I would lean yes, but it's also something to where your team, has to be in that little perfect sweet spot to, to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and kind of piggybacking on the little first question here is the the dynasty itself is, is of, you know, the league is, is very young to where I think, unless there was an injury that I don't remember, you know, most of the people's first round picks were kept and will probably be kept for the next, you know, two to three years, which obviously the longer the league goes, the more you're going to have people, you know, regressing and and things like that Um, and kind of where it is now it's also very early in the season so you know i i had multiple trade talks with a lot or you know just kind of you know feeling people up a little bit and a lot of people were very hesitant you know to even listen to you know hey i'll give you my top three or four players for one late round keeper right um to that point a lot of the top teams at this point you know they could be thinking well, yes, it, it would make, potentially it would make my team a lot better and guarantee me a victory for pretty much this year. How much does it set me back? And also, do I even need to make that move to win? You know, right now, I think the majority of, and I, you know, on this podcast, and I think the majority of the people see like there's a top, there's definitely a difference between like the top two teams and then there's a, def, a definite second level and then there's a third level. So I think there's like two on the top tier and then you got three or four on that second tier do the, the teams on the top tier actually need to make that trade to win? Well, yes, it might guarantee it or give them a better chance, but if they're able to win and keep their you know, seventh round keeper or whatever that is, it's a huge win for them. So that kind of goes where it's a, a cat and mouse game to where I think you're going to have to have one of those teams that's in the second tier mm-hmm. decide to make that, that push or that deal to make kind of the dominoes fall. Yep.
0: Yeah, but I, I also think. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, so I, I really honestly think that these late round picks are what is going to eventually be.
1: They're so valuable.
0: The 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 thing that win you the league, yeah, because. Uh, If you can get somebody that nobody really knows about, nobody's thinking about. And, you know, it's easier to do this in other things like football and baseball, where these people, there's so many different positions. There's so many different categories. I mean, literally there's five people starting on a team. Um, You know, and...
1: Only five keepers.
0: And you only have five keepers. There's literally not a lot of room for uh, little secret people. I mean, you know, that's why Savonis... got snagged up in the sixth round last year and some other people and the guy, you know, look at him. He's in first place. Um, he's, he's a consensus best team. Um, once you can start getting these people where it's like, is this guy good? I don't know. I'm going to pass on him. I'm going to push him back to the end. I mean, Jeremy Grant is that guy's th- this year's uh, late round. Um, I think s- snag. Uh, I think it's
1: a lot. It's worth It's It'll be a lot more worth it closer to the trade deadline of our league knowing where teams are at and, you know, if I'm in fourth or fifth place going to make the playoffs and I have, no, I have to make a move at that point. I, I think it's worth me trading, you know, to, to, you know, cash in for a large haul for one of my later round keepers, as long as I'm getting somebody, you know, that'll, that's better than that later round keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now this early um, I under, as much as I hate it because I'm trying to, you know, make, push people to trade now. Um, I, I, 100% see, you know, I'm going to stand back and, and wait and see, especially with, I know it was a mistake, Ethan, but like when you can win, get technically speaking, you can get nine categories in one week. It, it, it makes a lot of people feel like they're d- still in the hunt. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Like it's, um, you know, I, I'm, truly 500 and i'm like nine games back of the two guys tied for first and i'm like nine games up on the team that's in last and that's less than one week's number of categories so it's like i'm the middle of the league is just as close to the top as it is to the bottom on literally a weekly basis
1: yes now give that time so give that time and i think it'll it'll, and that's where it goes back to i know earlier where i think you sold trey young too early is just you know give it you know two three weeks before the actual trade deadline where there's big noticeable differences, which I think there will be between, you know, the top two and then you have the rest of the playoffs and then the bottom, you know, where I could see, you know, those guys that are in the playoffs deciding, you know what, I'm, I'm here, let's try to go for it, maybe paying a little bit more to try to get up to that top tier or those top tier teams saying, you know what, I'm ready to win and paying more for a, a Trey Young type to push their team over the top and give them an overwhelming, you know, majority of winning the league. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And
1: that's
2: um, I, that's I mean, what I think is so interesting about, uh, like, um, about um, some of these star players that are in later rounds. Is um, yes, they're good, but um, and I have Jalen Brown, and I get super protective of him. So I'll be a hypocrite <laughs> when I say this, but the uh, the biggest value I'm finding this season is just counting stats and just getting loading up games played. And obviously yep. COVID throws a wrench in that. Um, but makes it
1: makes it more valuable if you're able to do it with your ad drops. It's just because so many people have more, so many, you know, one team could have eight postpones that week and the other have none. And if they're able to compound that by getting, using all five ad drops, their counting stats. It's almost, it's almost impossible for the other guy to make up.
2: So in that sense, if you can cash in on one of those late round guys and get, even if they're not keepable, just get to what we were talking about earlier above streaming guys that are going to load up your counting stats. And then you still got those five moves. That is a real um, difference maker in the playoffs. You know, I think there's getting to the playoffs and then there's winning in the playoffs. If you're trying to get Hong Kong heroes or Luke of my balls in a playoff matchup, that's the kind of shit you're going to need. Otherwise cool. You finished in eighth. And you pick one pick later than if you had missed the playoffs. Yeah, in next year's draft, I mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so real quick, uh, before we get into these week five matchups, how do we value valuable injured players, trade assets? I mean, obviously, uh, one of the only ones that we have this year thus far is Clay Thompson. He was drafted real late. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, that's the best thing ever!" But honestly, this is going to happen year after year, where somebody's going to start the year or somebody's going to, uh, you know tear their ACL or, um, you know, her rotator cuff or Karis Lavert this year, you know. Um, so wh- where do you stand on that? How valuable are these people, Andrew?
1: I think they're very valuable. Just kind of like you said, there's not as of right now, there's, there's not a ton. I know the one is that we bring up is Clay Thompson, which his is even a little riskier, in my opinion, just because it's been pretty much back to back years. But for a a team, anybody's team who, you know, it's pretty much, you know, you can cash in on a really good player potentially just for that late keeper. You know, if I had Clay Thompson right now and and my team had a solid record, maybe not yet, but I'm 100%, that's the guy I'm shopping to, to get someone, you know, Uh, someone's first round pick like a potential, like a Trey Young, you know, if, if that was something that could be done or, you know, I bring Trey Young up just because now someone has two first round picks. That's 100% something that I would be trying to do. So I think they're, they're super valuable, you know, especially because they're injured, they don't take up uh, an actual roster spot. And it looks like, you know, with the, with the COVID stuff, they're going on postponed, not injured. You can't stash them on the, on the injured list. So I think it's a super duper valuable asset specifically when it comes to training or trading, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Ethan, what do you think?
2: Hey, I agree. Um, and obviously, um, we don't need to belabor the, um, the clay Thompson example, but, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is another, um, he's on Paul's team and he is out for the rest of this year, but he, you know, a lot of these stars that are in Brooklyn are going to be back next year. Although I think Dinwiddie is in a free agent. Either way, he's the guy that does the weird Bitcoin contract, right? I think so. So I don't know shit about Bitcoin. But either way, he's a great player <laughs> and he's out for this whole year. But I could see if Paul, who has a very good team, is in it. Um, you know, Dinwiddie is definitely a cut below a Clay Thompson at his best. But the, even to that degree, I still think. Um, that is somebody that if you're going to miss the playoffs and you can keep Dinwiddie beyond the first five rounds, then that's a plus value keeper that's worth setting yourself up for, um, even, again, just thinking of future above streaming, guys.
0: Okay. All right. All right. you guys ready to get in some matchups, get in the meat of the podcast?
1: I'm so ready.
0: All right, Andrew, let's start out with the first one here. Uh, We're going to go chase Sneats. Chase's neat team the best uh, team name in the league by far versus Grunfeld's revenge. Andrew, what do you think?
1: Definitely one of the the better matchups this week, you know. I know Chase Chase's team is, you know, overperforming in my opinion. They're still good, but their the, his record's super super great. Looking at his team, I'm I'm super interested to see how uh Tyrese Maxey, you know, what his minutes look like, you know, 76ers last week had a bunch of guys out because of COVID, you know, and he took, he got a bunch of minutes from it. I know their most recent game him. And now that, you know, shake Milton's back, what his minutes look like. Cause when he was gone, when, when he was starting and getting tons of minutes, you know, he, his line was awesome. But now I think that the 76ers have more guys back. I think those minutes will get cut back some, um, I, I have Grunfield's revenge winning this matchup. And I think on, on that side, I think the, the guy that's going to help him, you know, achieve victory will be Gary Trent just because McCollum, you know, got hurt. So now you're seeing big minutes or supposed to be big minutes from, from Gary Trent to fill that role. So huge upside from him. And I also love Clint Capella and Julius Randle. I want Julius Randle a lot. But yeah, I think uh, Grunfield's revenge will, will uh, get the victory this week.
0: All right, Ethan, what do you think? Ethan, you are muted.
2: I was muted. (laughs) I was so entranced Ah, by Andrew's first inaugural prediction um, that I agree with him. I pick Renfielder Bench. Going back to what we were just talking about in terms of injury stashes, Kyle is uh, an interesting team um in that sense not only does he have a lot of wizards which i just think is hilarious like welcome to my fresh hell kyle um because they might never play again and that's gonna hurt his games played but he's got lavert as a very nice stash um tj warren who now was an inadvertent stack on the pacers with lavert he's an injury stash right now um and so record um despite their absence and um and so i i think that he's going to be an interesting team to look at over the coming stretch of weeks but specific to
0: this week i also like him over chases All right, all right. It seems, uh, you know, Ethan, you might be having some mic problems there. Maybe you can fix those while we talk about uh, while I while I give my review here of Chase Neat Team, the Neat Team versus Grunfeld's Revenge. I'm going to disagree with you guys. Um, um, whenever whenever you have one of the most important wizards, um, who haven't played since 2014 or whenever it's been, uh, that's going to make your team have a hit. Uh so you know Westbrook hasn't played LaVert has a growth on his kidney um you know add those to the other injuries obviously he's got Beal um, who hasn't been playing that game for Wednesday I believe has already been canceled for the Wizards so yeah. they're not playing tomorrow I mean you you're losing half the week it's it's just very surprising to me that somebody with Beal and Westbrook um you guys picked to win uh, that's just uh, that's a uh, he's that's, winning
2: despite their absence despite lavert's now absence and and warren's absence i sorry i have no idea how much my airpods dying cost of my <laughs> perfect pick there but um, i think you're I mean, good he's an interesting team to look for in the coming weeks
0: right yeah no i you know when you've got uh, he, he's got his big four chase uh, has no injuries um with uh Giannis and, and Zion and Durant and, and uh, poor Zingod. So am uh, Yeah, pretty good. I'm going to pick uh, Chase Neat Team again this week. But we can uh, keep it going, keep it going here. The next matchup we have on the list at Uniballers um, versus Godzilla Got Busy. Ethan, tell me about this matchup. Uh,
2: so Max is... Um... It is a team who's um, playing better than his record just because he started the year 0 and 11. Um, and so a goose egg is always going to
0: weigh. He went 3 and 8 last week. How's he playing better than his record?
2: I mean, if you look at his, his Roto score, he's got the fourth highest Roto score in the league. So, mm. um, again, I think his team is playing better than his record. I mean, I think he's got, um, A few guys who are are obviously flawed guys. Like I, you guys know my stance on Wiggins. Like I'm pretty unimpressed. Um, But uh, he also has this dude named LeBron. Um, Bam Adebayo is really good. Um, Uniballers is definitely a team. Is another team that I think is is better than his record. Um, Robin Lopez was a really savvy ad in place of Thomas Bryant. Season ending injury until the Wizards stopped playing their season. If only Uh,
1: they would play again. (laughs)
2: <laughs> if only, um, but it's going to be tough this week because he loses McCollum. It's going to be tough the next few weeks. Cause like he said, he's um, he's ranked pretty low in scoring and McCollum was really floating him in, in that category. So um, so for this week, I, I picked Max, but it's more so just a really a tough break for Luke though. I think he'll find a way to navigate it.
0: Yeah, I, I just got done facing uniballers. his team's not that great. I know I, I you know, we we tied, so I didn't it's not really uh you know <laughs> that big but whatever. But uh yeah, his team's kinda of taking a hit. Uh Jared Allen's obviously not uh what he was prior to the trade. So that's a big hit at center. There's other centers, Robin Lopez plays for the Wizards. Also Robin Lopez, two negatives. Uh loses McCollum. Who arguably was uh, his second best player um i know he gets a little bit value in Oladipo, Depot but it doesn't really even out when you lose the column uh, like he did you know i think max team is is not very good um, but he has made um, some some decent pick, decent pickups um you, you like to see uh, roby, getting picked up he's putting up some great stats tonight Uh, he'll play center for as long as uh horford is out who knows how long that's going to be or who knows why i i he's on my team i have no idea why um but yeah no i like max to win this week not because uh you know his team's that great but because uniballers just really uh has nothing to to put up there um were you going to say something was was somebody going to say something why horford's out
2: no, uh, I was just sympathizing for you. I don't i'm 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 wondering if it's just they're rebuilding, and he's old and they're just giving him a night off. There's no fans there anyway, so you lose the moral dilemma of Dad spent his paycheck to bring his son, and Horford's not playing, you know, yeah. he's also Al Horford
0: and they're also but, the thunder uh, <laughs> but yeah uh,
2: he, uh, needs Michael Porter jr back in the wars. he'll be back much sooner than McCollum, and that will be a big launching point i think for him to to get competitive
0: again yeah andrew what do you think
1: so yeah i I agree with both you guys i think uh max wins this one pretty easily um for the uniballers it seems like you know one injuries and and ppds are going to hurt him this week um and probably for the coming weeks with mccollum um i think like i said i've been saying you know throughout the podcast today jared allen i i Think he he will be solid if and when Drummond's traded, um, but the minutes who knows what the the minutes will officially look like once he gets in the full swing of things, um, and then again, Robin Lopez was a, as a good pickup, but you know because they Washington will never play another game the rest of the year um, doesn't do much, um, and it also you know to the other point, Max it, it seems like is getting potential you know pluses from other injuries you know such as I'm I'm interested to see how portland and what Carmelo Anthony's you know production looks like points wise I know he's not a you know just a stat stuffer in other car- categories but McCollum's injury how you know what that does for Carmelo Anthony and then also you know because Nurkic is out you know a penis canter you know his value goes through the roof so I think max you know wins this one pretty easily
0: yeah. And then we didn't really talk about this earlier, but I'll, you know, mention it real quick. They have multiple injuries for the, for the Blazers, um, obviously in his playing. Um, playing. But you know, the person that's going to fill up that role right now is uh hood. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if it's Gary Trent jr. I thought it might've been Gary Trent jr. Gary Trent jr. Came out and uh, you know, didn't see the light of day in this, in this last, uh, Last game, you didn't really you didn't really see much, and you saw Rodney Hood play a lot of minutes. So we'll have to see uh, what happens there. But uh, but yeah, let's let's keep it going to the next matchup here. Kevin Ware's knee, the old trade partner, versus Hong Kong Heroes. This one seems a little lopsided. Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, right now, I know it's a day and a half, but uh, Kevin Ware's knee is actually keeping up um it's not a good sign though he's losing in the turnover battle um i think it might have helped that
1: so trey young will do to you
0: yeah that that trey young uh but uh you know trey young came out and he had he did turn the ball over a significant amount of times but trey young um had a had a great game I, i i really think he put up a lot of stats around around the uh uh in multiple categories, so I think, you know, he did good there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I Kevin's where's knee. Kevin wears knee. It looks like he's actually trying to pay attention a little bit. Um, he's got Mitchell in. He's got Hart in. I know he picked up Hart. Um, so, you know, I'll give him that as a plus. On the other side, this Hong Kong Heroes team, you know, as many times I look at it, uh, this is the most surprising Second place, or actually, I'm sorry, first place team um, that I've ever seen in fantasy basketball. You know, besides Jokic, it is some mediocre players. I mean, Kyrie Irving, yes, um, but other than that, there's just not a lot of uh, people that jump out at you. So, um, you know, I could. I encourage him to keep it going. I think he's going to keep it going, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Hong Kong Heroes in this one. Andrew, what do you think?
1: So this is one where I, I do think if you know Matt is able to use all five of his ad drops and does you know pay attention the full week, he has a pretty solid chance to you know to, to beat Brennan here. Um, as much as I have talked you know a lot of shit about Trey Young's turnovers, I, I could see him catching fire. Uh, and, and I also love Dennis Schroeder. I know he kind of had a slow start, but I'm a big fan of Schroeder's, Mm -hmm. um, with, with Brennan's team, Jokic is just a a beast. He's the best player of all time. I am interested to see with, with now that John Morant's back, what that does with Tyus Jones, you know, what his minutes will look like in production wise. Um, while I did say, I think I, I, I'll have to go with Brennan, you know, winning the matchup, but I do still feel. Think that this could have upset if if Matt is able to use his all of his ad drops and and you know make sure all of his guys are starting and, and paying attention to his roster. I could easily see his team you know pulling that upset.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's uh, some encouraging words there. I think you're you're really uh, looking on the bright side of this team, but uh, Ethan, that's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. my quarterback. What do you no, got? I mean it's
2: it's. I think Matt's team now that he's he's got his lineup all organized now he's made this trade i don't hate his team right now he's got great scoring from his guards he uh if trey young picks up his play that's just gravy he's got deandre who i think gets usage based on like player politics and and shit like that in brooklyn and obviously his contract but is going to i mean they just traded jared allen they don't really have a lot of big man depth. DeAndre Jordan's going to get minutes. Serge Ibaka is getting really nice minutes. Um, Brennan lost Miles Turner, who is a significant shot blocker. Um, that said, I still like Brennan's team this week. Brennan's got uh, he's got a team that is buoyed by like so many great sleepers. To Huck's point, like he doesn't have a lot of great superstars, but. He's got a team that I can appreciate in terms of like Drew Holiday, much better than you would think. Like Paul Millsap, he's not great, but he's much better than you would think. And he's got 10 rebounds in the, middle of the third quarter right now. Goran Dragic, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward now in Charlotte. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I like what he's doing. Um, I think he's going to win, but I think Kevin knee is a team that's ready to fuck some shit up if if he's making (laughs) trades and he's using his five moves like andrew said
0: hey that's that is uh that is definitely looking at the bright side um but i think we all agree there that it's possible maybe he could win but more likely that he's not going to win uh, but let's losing let's... five to six versus losing two to nine is significant this year. So that... it's something, it,
1: if, if there was a, cons- if he consistently had kept up with his team, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. first couple of weeks, I would probably have picked him for the upset, but just the track record isn't there, which is why I go with Brennan.
2: And he's got two injured guys on his bench, not in injury spots. In- yeah. Mm-hmm. It's stuff They're like that where you
1: can't, man. so that yeah, can be got- a big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, enough of Kevin Ware's knee, you know, <laughs> thanks for the players, but uh, we will keep it going. Look at my balls. Uh, second place, not by much. Second place, though, um, versus Thunder from down under. Andrew, what do you think?
1: For this one? I mean, I think Luca, my balls is by far and away has the the best roster and that's keeper wise Win now, whatever it may be in the league. Um, I think it's step or maybe two above anybody else. And I think he wins pretty easily here. Um, Jason Tatum, you know, one of his top players and keepers is out and I still think he wins pretty easily. Um, I, as much as I love, I love Chris Middleton and I think he's a, a perfect compliment to Giannis and, you know, I think he's a superstar just not talked about ever. Um, mm-hmm he's going to, for him to have any sort of chance, he's going to need Middleton to just be lights out on fire. But even then, I, I don't think it'd be enough. Just Luke of my balls roster has so many stars and, and so many guys that uh, I'm going to take him. And it's not even close.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Ethan, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, Hurwitz, uh, Luke of my balls. He, um, I'm going to pick him to win most matchups I thought um, I think it was just this past week um, that he added Peyton Pritchard from Boston. He's already got Jeff Teague. So um, I love that handcuff because it's very easy to play them both. Obviously like you have the room to play them both when the Celtics play. Um, so you're really locking down. Um, you're really locking down a lot of quality minutes on a quality offensive team. Um, Larry Markinen is it's, it's fucking unfair. He's got him in like the fourth or fifth round. He's not even one of – he's probably like Herbert's eighth best keeper. Be like the third best keeper on my team.
1: Yeah, he's um, insane.
2: So, yeah, it's insane. I do love Paul's team. Cole Anthony is is going to get better as the season goes on, and they're going to have to use him. Um, and he's got a lot of stars I like. He's just got the worst luck. Last year, he, he lost Steph Curry, and then we lost the season to COVID. This year, he's lost Spencer Dinwiddie, who's not Steph Curry good, but it's like yeah. – It's just somebody that he's going to keep, but he's not going to get to use this year. And so I think that's emblematic of this matchup where I think he's got a really good team, but also I'm not going to pick him.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. There's probably not a week that I'm not going to pick Luke, my balls. Uh, You know, if at least right now, um, you know, I I think that even though he's got Tatum out right now, um, his team is still from top to bottom, one of the best uh you know Ingram's having a decent night uh you know Doncic is obviously Doncic and Siakam he, his team from top to bottom is just just too good Thunder from down under great team um but uh, but yeah he does have uh, a few you know middling weak spots there uh losing uh, the curry brother one of them doesn't help um and so yeah this week I'm going to go with Luca, my balls. No offense, Thunder down under. He's got a great team. I just think that uh, Luca has uh, better chance here. But uh, let's let's keep it rolling. I love Dirk versus white men can't jump.
1: It's Dirk. Dirk. D- Dirk.
0: See, I've been having uh, pronunciation problems on this team, or on uh, you know throughout this podcast. So thank you for the help on that. Um, I Any, least anything I can do. I love Derek uh, versus White Men Can't Jump. Ethan, we'll we'll start you out.
2: Well, I can't wait to hear Andrew predict this matchup. But nothing says confidence in your roster like floating trades to every single other fucking team this weekend. Just so. feeling,
1: just want to feel people <laughs> up.
2: Enough.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um. So, um, I <laughs> I'm picking White Men Can't Jump, though. Honestly, I um that lap aside i do think this is a very even matchup i think um dame who you know it's no surprise is a great player is about to get leaned on even more heavily in um in McCollum's absence what that does to his shooting percentage we'll see but um but dame is going to um, presumably float you even more in counting stats um, Andrew's got a lot of guys who I think are going to be better in six weeks than they are right now. Marvin Bagley, if he gets traded, we talked about, Um he's great. James Wiseman, obviously getting better all the time. Yeah. He's great right now. He's great. He's great. Um, <laughs> um, Davis Bertons because the wizards might be playing in six weeks. Um, but maybe not. Um, but this week I, I think, um, white men can't jump has got the better team. Harden is obviously, um, assimilating nicely in Brooklyn and, who knows when that honeymoon will end, but um, not going to pick against it till I see that happen. Um, we talked about Emmanuel quickly earlier. Love that guy. Um, Deandre Hunter is one of my favorite second year players in the league. Um, he's when Atlanta sort of um, gels and rises to the occasion. Like I think they will this season as a, a playoff threat. I think Deandre Hunter is going to, is going to ascend even more. So Um I'm I'm curious what about Neil's team, but I definitely like him this week. Sorry, Andrew.
1: Unacceptable.
0: Uh, I like Andrew. <laughs> I like Andrew this week. Um, yeah, I, I do like uh, you know how Neil's team set up. I think that they're they can play better. I think Harden having you know a resurgence here with the Nets. Um, but from from top to bottom, right now, if you look at the keepers that White Man Jump has. So, I know he kept Walker, um, but Harden, Brogdon, Simmons, who am I missing here? Hold on, I got to look. So, Harden, obviously, you said. Harden, Brogdon, Simmons. I think he'll keep DeAndre Hunter. Okay, so you got DeAndre Hunter, and, and that's fine. That's Kemba fine. It was he, a big oops.
2: I think Neil, I don't know yeah. Neil that well. He seems like a very nice guy. I think, I'd like to think he would admit that was an oops.
0: Oh, yeah, he oops. He he oops it right after the draft, but... <laughs> uh, but you know, it just on a week to week basis, I feel like he, he, he needs to do some work to try and, uh, to beat teams. It's not just very easy. So even though Andrew's team has been just absolutely abysmal throughout the year, um, he's got a lot of droppable people. I mean, I, we're talking, uh, you know, I think you can drop Caldwell Pope. I think you can drop a uh, Birch on some nights. Uh, Dozier, obviously you picked up Royce, uh, you know, he's a stat filler. I, I I don't mind having Royce on my team, but other than that, I mean, you got three free agents right there. It's kind of tough to win on a nightly basis. Um, when you have that and it looks like he, you know, it's just, we'll see how, as time goes on, but, uh, you know, I do love, I love Dirk this week, uh, to win. I think you got a nice lead going on here, um, through Tuesday, so I think you're going to win. I think both these teams are in uh, dire straits here, both ninth and 10th. Uh, so I'll take I Love Dirk by a hair. What do you think about this matchup here, Andrew? Well,
1: I'm happy to know that you love Dirk. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm, I am going to pick myself as the winner. You know, I have to, you know, show that confidence in my guys. Um, however, setting that aside, I, I am a little worried Um Wiseman last night only like Wiseman is probably one of the most valuable keepers I have. I'm surprised to get him in. I think it's in the fifth round. I'm surprised he lasted that long, but he only played 13 minutes last night, which is a big time worry for me. Um, White, I think he scored zero points against the Mavs and only had like 12 against, uh, I don't forget who he played last night, but and Booker is obviously very up and down right now. And it's very cold and and streaky. So while I agree that I think, Lillard's value is is just up more. It's hard to be. It's really hard to you know be higher than it already was just because he's a stat filler and scores thirty points a night. But I think it's up now. But the, how streaky my team is, it does have me a little worried. Um, I, I will be counting and hoping that you know maybe when if and when Kyrie comes back, it kind of slows Harden down a little bit. Um, just kind of figuring out how that'll work, and then also I'm interested to see you know how Kimba's return actually is. Um, how many minutes he plays, all that stuff. But I'm hoping that you know, of all my streaky guys, that that they get hot and are are somewhat consistent this weekend and lead my team to victory.
0: Okay. All right. That's a that's a fair fair assessment. Let's um, get some some different matchups here. Shalom, y'all. 22 and 21, fir- firmly in the playoffs uh, versus Super Gallinario Brothers. Um, I don't know if there's consensus here, but uh, do we think that uh, that Victor's team is the worst in the league? I mean, would you? Would
1: you? I that? I, I think so. I I'm going to say yes. Love you, Victor. But yes, yes, he's Pretty much yes. dead last.
0: I mean, one of the people that I've Best. said it. I I've said that is attractive on his team is Sexton not playing right now. Uh, he's got Embiid and uh, and Collins. And you know some other people, but from week to week, uh, I mean, he's going to struggle. He might be, you know, one of the top picks this next year. He might be somebody to look and move Embiid, uh, you know, for a bunch of people to try and see if he can have, you know, first pick in the draft and
1: Embiid for Clay Thompson. Put it. Let's put it up.
0: I mean, maybe you know something like that. <laughs> he, he he could yep. do all kinds of things, but uh, but anyway, um, this is an easy bye week for you, there, Ethan. I, I think Taco Anthony, week. Yeah, I think Ethan's team is, he's got a great team. I think, uh, you know, from top to bottom, his team's playing pretty well. I know that he's trying to get rid of Drummond, but Drummond on a night to night basis is a fantasy monster besides the turnovers and, and percentages. Uh, he is, you know, a great player. Um, but yeah, so if we were talking in a different week, we might have a discussion. But Shalom, y'all, uh, enjoy the win this week. Um, Andrew, what do you think of this matchup?
1: I, I completely agree with you. I am and I know that the, I think the Cavs coach or the GM said that Drummond's usage would be the same. Um I am interested to see if there is at some point, I don't think it'll be this week, if they hold him out for trade talks, you know, don't want him to get hurt or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I think for your end you would maybe like that this week because I think you'd win without him. Um I do have is Tyler Harrow good?
0: Yeah, I think he's good. Uh, especially I, good without I think Butler.
1: He, I think he is very overrated. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Just something I left in my notes here to ask what you guys think. I think he's very overrated, but nonetheless, I don't think Victor, you know, has much of a chance and and would need a miracle to, to pull off the upset. So I think Ethan has this one in the bag. Very handedly. He'll cover the spread.
0: All right, Ethan, what do you think your own matchup here? So, like I said, last week, I'm never
2: picking myself again. I'm picking Victor to win this week. GG. Uh, but to answer the Tyler Hero question, I'm, I'm super biased. I see everything through UK blue tinted glasses when it comes to um, guys in the NBA now. But um, a thing that I really like about him is, um, and Andrew, we were talking about this offline last weekend, um, and you were saying the same things about DeMar DeRozan. Like, Tyler Hero averages seven rebounds, four assists a game. Um, Like he's definitely somebody who plays shooting guard and who is a a shot, you know, volume shooter. Um, But this, uh, this year, some of his, um, some of his worst game shooting, he still, um, you know, had seven to 10 rebounds and and five to eight assists. And so I think once he gets it all together, he's going to be great. He's definitely somebody who with fifth round keeper potential, I don't know if I keep him today, but I definitely can realistically see myself keeping him when, um, all is said and done at season's end. Um, I, I do think Victor is, um, it is sort of in a similar place to me in terms of scrambling to find streamers that are actually above streamer to circle back to a recurring theme from this episode. Like, um, luawu cabaro who i was i uh i didn't look up the pronunciation before because we don't do that kind of research on this podcast but <laughs> he's somebody who i'll be interested to see what his usage is like now that brooklyn has like no depth um like they it's in the regular season they're gonna give guys minutes who they wouldn't necessarily give in the playoffs but um You know, I know he's really athletic, really rangy defender. Is he going to be somebody who can um, be above streaming and contribute enough in those counting stats? Or is he just going to be somebody that gets a lot of empty second team minutes and then we don't see him in the playoffs? Uh, So things like that. And and I'm looking for a lot of those same guys. Austin Rivers was a a swing and a miss. Um, (laughs) For instance, that was my most recent whiff. I think I found one in in Tristan Thompson, but – But that's iffy. Anyway, it's not about my team. I'm picking Victor because I don't pick my team. Um, And Victor sure could use it because he's losing to a team that we've acknowledged many times isn't trying or not isn't trying, but isn't setting its lineup every single day. So um, he sets a low bar.
1: I would like to sneak in, Ethan. I think this week is a bit like if you win big, you know, get you know seven or eight categories this week, it kind of volts your team up there. And when I when I was talking about not the the top tier, but the tier below that, needing to make a deal or kind of deciding what they want to do, I think that is your team in a nutshell.
2: I think that I'm chilling in there, and I think Paul Thunder from Down Under is is chilling there as well. Chris Boucher right now is a is yeah. Guy.
1: He's the an insane late round keeper.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have him in the 11th round. So he is awesome. But if I get to, you know, in it's, you know, week 15, there's 17 weeks in our regular season for reference. If we get to week 15 and, um, and I'm right there, then maybe I sell Chris Boucher yeah. for Kings Ranch. or whatever,
1: or whatever the trade deadline is. I don't know when that is.
2: Yeah, I have to, I should know, but I don't, I'll look and put it in the group text, but, uh, anyway enough about enough about this matchup uh, I picked Victor but he is in last place so I'll also shame Victor a little bit on the way out
0: well good job Victor you got you got a you have a fan out there um, we'll talk about the last matchup here again thanks this uh, longer one so thanks for uh, sitting through this podcast but we're gonna go t- with rumham slam uh, versus Doink the clown uh Andrew what do you got?
1: So this one, I I'm going to pick Rumham, Trevor's team. Um, as much as I hate that he is streaming Norman Powell, Norman Powell is a trash can, and no one should ever pick him up. Um, Vucevic is a fantasy beast right now, and and while I do like Aiton a lot on your team, you know, especially with you know CP3 passing him the ball, um, getting rid of your your first round pick, and you have way too many Spurs on your team. <laughs> um, I'm picking Trevor in this one.
0: Okay. All right, Ethan.
2: Um, I'm picking Trevor as well, but I think this is going to be a really good barometer matchup for both teams. Trevor is 10th in Roto Roto, and fourth in our standings. So, you know, Roto matters until it doesn't, Um, but it will be interesting to see what is a regression to the mean, his record or his Roto getting better um huck obviously just made a trade to add depth to his lineup this will be a good barometer for um how he's able to do that um you also are a team that i think is better than its record because of time missed by namely john morant um who will come back sooner eventually jaron jackson jr will come back as well but um but for this week i pick trevor but um i really could see it going either way and i think the the result is going to be really revealing of the direction both teams is jaw
1: back. I think he's ja back. is back. Ja's Ja's back. Ja's back. Ja's okay. Back. Yeah. Okay. I definitely think it, I think it'll be a, a, a definite close matchup here.
2: Yeah, okay. that is a, that is a, a need. I, like I said last week, it, I, I had a, a laugh at, at Huck's expense, but it's not that your team sucked last week. It's that you, your available players left you at, a big disadvantage. So getting job back, you know, mm-hmm. go figure.
0: Yeah,
2: big time value.
0: So I'm picking myself. I don't know why people aren't picking me. Um, I woke up on <laughs> on Monday morning, Martin Luther King Day, big basketball day every year, uh, with a newfound resurgence for my team. Uh, you know, the the total trade package was uh, Trey Young and Lonnie Walker. Uh, the the fourth, fifth, whatever he is um, for Peyton and uh, DeJounte Murray and uh, who I think is a steal of draft and that's Jeremy Grant. Um, and then, you know, use some moves to fill in some other people. I got hood uh, who, who I think is going to take over a big role. I know they had a bad game this last game in the plus minus category, but um, other than that, you know, I think he's going to be the starter for that team. And, uh, and, uh, you know, Goga, you know, I, I saw that, uh, old, old, what's his name? Uh, Miles Turner, Miles Turner is got a broken hand, but he's still going, he's still questionable for Wednesday. So I don't know if he's going to go out there with a cast or I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, that he's questionable. So it worries me that I just wasted a move. Um, but other than that, you know, if Goga can get some minutes, that'd be, that would also be nice. Um, but yeah, no, I'm picking my own team. I think, like I said, I had trouble um, deciding who to drop, drop for Goga. You know, I didn't really want to drop Dillon uh, Wright, um, but I ended up doing it. So, you know, I think that I have a good, well-rounded team. It's not the best uh, by any means, but especially when Jaron Jackson comes back, you know.
1: I have uh, a weird I mean, question for you. Sure, When sure. it comes to the depth, Right. Obviously, you want the more depth, the better. However, in the counting stats, you know being able to use those five ad drops is is key in my opinion. Do you think there is too there's a thing is too much depth, like not like you said, not knowing who to drop to you know kind of stream and, and get those additional five games played every week?
0: You at least have to have one, I think I think you at least have to have one player where it's like, I have no allegiance to this person i you know don't mind getting rid of them you at least have to have that one um i uh, yeah but i think it's that binary to your point i agree i like
2: to always have at least one but my goal is to have only one i think the perfect depth is having one spot that i can turn over five times in a seven day week to just grab especially because once i use a guy then he's on waivers for a while so i'm no, you know, I'm not just using it for myself. I'm keeping him off the market in general for a lot of the rest of the matchup. So I like to, to have a streamer spot, but I'm, my goal is to only have one. Well,
1: See, I think, I think you need more than one. I, I like to have two or three. Obviously I I'm dumb. I could be wrong and I'm an idiot, oh, well. but, you know, the the whole standpoint of like, hey, so-and-so gets hurt, you having a spot ready available right away to, to potentially pick up the guy who's going to pick up the injured guy's slack. Or just using those five moves is so key that I think having you need almost need to have two or three just from a streamer slash getting those extra games played for those counting stats. Uh,
0: you know, I think that it's a Sunday conundrum. Um, on Sunday, you know, who do you have to drop? How can you... Can you just get a bunch of new players uh, to, to get you some counting stats for that Sunday. Uh, you know, I, I think that in some ways, Ethan's right. But uh, in certain instances, you do have to have, uh, you know, more than one player uh, to, kind of, to make a comeback. So, just
1: to have um, that roster flexibility. Just have that just roster flexibility, yeah. When you said that you struggled with kind of picking out who to drop, that's that's when that question popped in my head. So I was just wondering what you guys thought.
2: Yeah, sure, but I think that's a, in my opinion, um, I feel like that's the proverbial good problem to have for sure. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: yep absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm picking myself. I, I think that uh, that I I have this one, and I'm proving that maybe I could be a playoff team. I know it was a terrible start, um, but uh, but we're gonna see. Horrible. Yeah, it was pretty pretty horrible. Um, but we're gonna see how this works out. But right now, um, you know the week is looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. So, so we'll just have to see, uh, you know, again, thanks guys for sitting through this, this, uh, this podcast. I know it was a longer one. Thank you to Andrew for coming on and filling in for max this week. Uh, always thank you for Ethan, for the roto you come out with every Monday and, uh, you know, the coming up and joining this podcast every week. I do appreciate the effort from everybody. Um, Anything else that you guys got to say before we go?
1: Um, I think I said it all. Just you know, I'm very interested to see how the year goes by. I appreciate you, you know, you guys having me on, and uh, I'm super interested to see how the the remaining weeks go and how much with the scoring, you know, how much separation happens and how much how tradesy people get. It'll be super interesting to see.
2: All right. Yeah. Okay. We're, four weeks in the regular season is 17 weeks. So a long way to go perspective. We're, uh, we're at the quarter. We're only at the quarter poll. So um, everybody is, um, everybody is still incredibly alive in a league where more than just like the NBA, more than half the teams make the playoffs.
0: And you know what, this might be a con- controversial statement by the time, by the time the playoffs roll around, by the time, you know, everything's all said and done, it'll be summertime. Uh, you know, maybe COVID will be starting to inch out the door uh you know we can start to uh you know maybe get together maybe talk about basketball more a little bit more maybe plan a draft for next year so you know good things are in the future and uh and you know i'm excited yeah i want to hang
1: out with everybody and slam some bud lights so uh, let's hope that happens
0: yeah 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 all right guys well thank you very much and uh we will see you guys at the same time uh next week See you later.
2: So here I am.